Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Blog Talk Radio. It's not about us, it's about Jesus. Welcome to Whitestone Fellowship Relationship Recovery Radio, where we focus on the recovery of relationships. Jesus summarized and prioritized relationships in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 40. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is likened to it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Priority one, the first commandment, is to recover or maybe for the first time for the believer to develop a relationship with God. And priority two is to recover the believer's relationship with their neighbor. I believe we're back on, and uh, we have every. Uh, I have Jeff and Dave with us. Is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm I'm uh, here for a little while, and, and glad okay. to be here. All right. What I'm going to do now? I'm going to play Miss Collins's uh, uh, testimony, the first part of it, and then. Uh, uh, okay. Wait. We got somebody else calling back in. Joe? Yes, it's Joe again. Hey, brother. I'm trying uh, to. Okay. Hey, brother. I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep up with y'all, and it keeps we keep cutting out and everything. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, modern technology. It's uh, guys yeah. uh, uh, works. Um, well, uh, what I was going to do is uh, uh, play Cindy Collins's uh, testimony, and I, you know I want to have this on. Uh, archived or on online so everybody could come and uh, anytime they want to and listen to it on the radio and uh, and it's going to be about 28 29 minutes long and if you got to go you got to go uh, but uh, you'll be able to come and listen to it anytime on our website or at blog talk radio um, at at blog talk whitestone ministries uh, just okay. search Whitestone Ministry, and then it'll come up uh, that uh, this testimony will be archived. Again, I, I want to uh, thank everybody for uh, calling in and listening uh, during our last hour. Uh, it was a little, uh, we had a few technical problems, and um, I don't know what the cause was. It doesn't matter, really. We just had them. And so, but uh, we want to uh, go ahead with this because it was scheduled to do this at this time. So, um, I'm going to put Cindy Collins' testimony on. I'm going to mute everybody and um, and just let it play. And I'm going to mute uh, myself even. 
Yeah. Uh, welcome. This is uh, John Wadsworth, and I'm with Mrs. Collins, Cindy Collins, and uh, she is the director and founder of Crisis Pregnancy. You tell me what the proper name is. I am uh, one of the co-laborers in Christ of the Crisis Pregnancy Help Center in Slidell. And I've been involved with ministry to women and unborn children since June of 1986. It's been a privilege to be a servant to this chosen generation, but also to be a friend to John Wadsworth. Oh, well, thank you. That is a, that is a blessing. It is. And uh, we're, we're at, uh, in the generation uh, outreach, generational outreach office or uh, facility that connects to the pregnancy uh, help uh, office. And, um, and I've asked Cindy if we could talk a little bit and, and I could get, um, give, get her testimony and also some insight into what's going on. Uh, and we're going to put this on our website Sunday morning, October 4th, uh, on the uh, emphasis, day of emphasis for the unborn. And is that the anniversary of Road versus Wade? Uh, October 4th is actually a commemoration of the sanctity of all human life. It's called Sanctity of Human Life Sunday in many of the churches across America. The actual uh, memorial or anniversary of Roe versus Wade, which is the legalization of abortion throughout all nine months of a woman's pregnancy, the companion case of that, which is Doe versus Bolton, did legalize it for any reason for a woman to have a um, an abortion was January 23rd or I'm sorry January 22nd of 1973. We are 36 years now of having legalized abortion in America, and over 50 million babies have been aborted, affecting one in three American women. Wow. Um. Now, just a, a worldwide view, was the United States the, um, the uh, did they uh, get the ball rolling, I guess, to legalize abortion, or was abortion legalized in other parts of the world, and the United States got on that emphasis or that bandwagon? Who was first? The United States was not the first. There were nations such as France that had legalized abortion, and... Um, look at the history of that and how the loss of population affected them during the world wars, but it's the influence of the United States. It's the influence of America as a world leader, as the world leader that has caused that influence and legalization of abortion then to influence the nations that we're, that we're reaching. And because abortion is legal in the United States, um, and Planned Parenthood is behind much of that abortion uh, as a multi-billion dollar industry. There's an effort now to make abortion legal in every nation and to make abortion an international human right. Hmm. Wow. wow. Well, I know that you've uh, ministered to thousands, tens of thousands, 
here locally and also worldwide. Cindy is, uh, I don't have her resume with me, um, but I know she is uh, known worldwide for her efforts in ministering in this field, uh, ministering to women uh, and also to their husbands and families. And uh, I'd like, if Cindy would, is to give us a little bit of her testimony and uh, a little bit about her background and everything else. Um, and so, and I, I want to encourage anybody listening to this uh, today, uh, October 4th, uh, to go out. Uh, I know in Slidell we'll be out on the uh, uh, Gauze Boulevard. Uh, uh, I don't know if there's any other, other streets that are, that are going to be doing it. And uh, we'll be out there uh, uh, voicing and uh, showing our uh, support of the uh, for right to life for all life. Um, so, Cindy, if you would, uh, I just uh, appreciate uh, your time that you've given us, and also uh, if you would give us uh, more about your testimony. Well, you know, John, you and I have worked together in helping other people out, plus we're, we're friends. Right. We've been able uh, to be real with each other just about our own personal testimonies mm -hmm. and the uh, forgiveness and the love and the grace of Jesus Christ Correct. in this journey that we have with him. And, um, you know, my testimony as far as my conversion to Christ and receiving the forgiveness of the Lord and the conviction of the sin in my life, that actually began in my mid-twenties. As a younger as a younger woman that I am now, Absolutely. but I can go back even further and look when I was um, 19 years old. I had dated one young man in my life. I was in college, and I had become pregnant in my freshman year of college. And I was very frightened. I was afraid to tell my parents, and I had a lot of shame involved. And I came from an abusive childhood. Um, verbal abuse and a lot of things that had gone on. So I was, I, I was very, very uh, afraid and didn't want to be trapped, what I thought was wanting to be trapped. So I went ahead and I talked with some friends. I was looking for a way out, uh, considering having my baby, not quite sure what to do, and I was encouraged to go visit a place called Planned Parenthood. This was back in, Pen in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And so I went and I sat across the table from a woman who counseled with me, just you know, asked me what I wanted to do, encouraged me that my best option would be abortion and that it was legal in three areas, one being New York, New York State, uh, New York City, Texas, and Washington, D.C. And so she, I remember a very striking statement that she made, and it was, in a few weeks, women will not have to worry about this anymore. And as a 19-year-old, I, did, I didn't know what that meant, and I didn't know the impact of that statement, but I've come to find out since that time she was talking about Roe versus Wade, because this was January of 1973, when I was a 19-year-old freshman sitting in her office. So she made an appointment for me to fly down to Washington, D.C., for an abortion. And my boyfriend was sitting there and, and I asked him, I said, well, what do you want to do? And he said to me, it's whatever you want to do. 
I'll let you make the decision, and it will be your choice, and I'll support you in whatever you want to do. What I really wanted to hear as a woman was I wanted to hear, I'll take care of you, it will be all right, I'll support you, and we'll make it through this. And so I, you know, and and I'm not saying this to blame him because it was my choice, Mm -hmm. but a woman needs that support when she's in a crisis uh, situation. It's just just the way we're made. You know, Mm -hmm. we want that security. So as a 19-year-old, I went ahead and uh, I snuck out of my college dorm and we took an airplane uh, on borrowed money and flew down to the abortion facility in Washington, D.C. on a cold, icy cold, wintry day. I was picked up at the airport by the abortion facility staff in a little bus that they had where they transported women from the airport to the abortion facility. So, you know, looking back, I knew, now I can see, you know, it was big business then. And there were 40 women that were in the room Mm. that I was herded into. And, uh, you know, by the time I got there and I traveled from Pennsylvania, I, you know, pretty much thought, I'm down here now, It's, it's a done deal. And so I was not shown the fetal development, was not shown any formation of the baby, was not really provided any counseling at all, and I, I really was afraid. I, you know, it was not a smart decision that I had made. And so I was taken into a room, and any woman that's gone through a gynecological exam, that's pretty much what occurred with me. And uh, a man walked in the room, I assumed that he was the doctor, and there was no relationship I've heard in other women that I've counseled and even on the news. This decision is between a woman and her doctor. Well, I didn't know this man, and I had never seen him before. I had no relationship with him. I could not ask him any questions ahead of time. Really felt intimidated, and the abortion procedure began. And uh, it was severe, severe pain. It was a suction abortion. And I, as I've spoken before, when I go out and I speak publicly, it was not just my baby that was being sucked out that day. It was literally my soul being sucked out that day. Because it's not just the physical dynamics of the destruction of a child, which that is it's seriousness enough of an, to the taking of another human life that just happens to be that woman's child that she's given consent to. but. The spiritual dynamics are that it's the only time when murder takes place inside of another human being, and it's at at the mother's consent. So I could literally feel emotionally uh, a a pulling and a sucking out of, of worthlessness, of shame, of brokenness, of of what I had done. Um, so I was left in a room, was bleeding very heavily. There were other women that were crying and moaning around me. This was again January of 1973. And uh, then I left that room, went ahead and went out, saw my boyfriend. We flew back to Pennsylvania. I'm trying to make a long story short. There was a lot of other, a lot of other things that had happened. Where at the clinic? In the, in the clinic, yeah. 
there were other things, uh, you know, that happened. Lack of care, you know, uh, not necessarily the. It's not like a, really like a doctor's office mm-hmm. that we ha- may, ha- may have a mindset that uh, an abortion facility clinic is like going to a doctor. It's that's all they do is abortions, mm-hmm. day after day, minute after minute, hour after hour. Um, that's all it is. It's, it's a continual abortion killing machine. Is what goes on. So from that, what happened is my life changed. I was never the same. And I ended up um, drinking, using drugs. Okay, you say your life changed and that was the same. How did it change? I know you drank and all, but how did you change that led you to drinking? Why, why did you? What happened was I started to stuff the pain. I didn't want to have to think about this anymore. And I started not feeling good about my, I mean, I, I, I already did not feel uh, absolutely 100% great about myself because of verbal abuse that I had gone through. But I knew that there was something very deep and wrong within my soul of the choice that I had made. And I didn't want to think about it anymore. I wanted to hide from it. I just wanted the pain to go away. And so in the coming days of what would be, should have been my pregnancy, and I would get three months, five months, and then come to the the time of what would be the due date, I found that I was drinking heavier. I started smoking marijuana more because I can look back now and I can say I was trying to hide from dealing with the emotions that were coming up. I was stuffing the pain. And then I started to get into more destructive behaviors in relationships because I was drinking more. I was smoking marijuana more. I was trying to, um, I was hanging around people that were doing the same things as me. For the same reasons, you think? Um, at that point, no. Okay. Because that was, that was still 1973. Okay. Now, I could say if, if I was a young woman now, I would say probably so. Because one in three American women have had an abortion. So, you know, how has that affected our society over the past 36 years? How, how has that, I'm just fast forwarding now, but if it's been 36 years and there are other women out there like me who are listening to this right now, they might have to go back and look and connect the dots of how their abortion has affected them and it's affected their families. And that there is pain that's in their life that hasn't been dealt with. And they may have addictive behaviors like eating disorders, mm-hmm. um, maybe sneaking alcohol or pain pills, you know, mm-hmm. that they're addicted to, anger issues, mm-hmm. uh, relationship problems with their husbands, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and they know something's wrong and they don't quite know what it is, but now they're hearing this and they're thinking back when it began. 
when they started to see the change was like me. It was right after or soon after the abortion. So you, you were uh, uh, drinking more and it progressed and, and, and the closer it got to the determination of when you would have given birth, it got worse. Um, and you started um, hanging around people that were drinking and drugging um, and more of a destructive behavior. And they weren't all for the same reasons as you were doing it, but the same behavior was being done. So what happened next? Now, what happened, was there uh, uh, something that uh, happened the day that uh, you were supposed to have given birth to the child that was noticeable to you? I, what I can remember, John, in, you know, as we're doing the radio program, but we're, we're maybe talking a, you know, a few weeks ahead of time, okay. was September was always a difficult time for me. Mm. And that would have been the time when I had my first child, mm. was in September. So I always noticed that there seemed to be a, a, a foreboding you know, in September. And um, I can remember that during that time, September was a very hard time for me. And what happens in September? That's when people are going back to school. That's when the whole seasonal change begins also. So just like myself, I believe other women are going through that also. They notice there are certain times of year where they can't, they may have forgotten about the abortion. They may have forgotten about their due date. But they have a difficulty during, maybe it's January, maybe it's May. There, there's always a hard time. And when they are listening to this, or they, you know, come for counseling, if they reflect back, that's either when the abortion's taken place, or that's when their due date is. So what happened next in your life? Well, what happened is, is I ended up getting involved in a lot of different relationships. I ended up going back to school for my sophomore year, but then I dropped out because I had become very depressed also. And because I had set myself up to get into these destructive relationships, I had become pregnant again. And I ended up in a cycle of becoming pregnant and having multiple abortions. And uh, which, you know, even brings more shame and more destruction. But in our nation, 50% of women who abort once will abort again and have multiple abortions because of the shame, the worthlessness, there are a lot of dynamics that go on with that uh, woman. She uh, may become pregnant again, trying to replace her baby, but then she can't quite do it right, and she ends up aborting the baby again. It's, you know, some people have said to me, well, that's really sick. Well, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it, it is an emotional and mental and spiritual illness that is uh, going on, and our community and our nation needs to address it. 
the church needs to address it, mm -hmm. and uh, mental health care providers need to recognize. I believe that over the past 36 years, this is a root of what's going on in our nation. I agree. I agree. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, you had multiple abortions, and your life uh, <clears throat> continued in a destructive lifestyle during this period of time. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you said one out of three have had an abortion today. Uh, do you think there's a callousness, a moral callousness uh, today, uh, you know, versus back in the 70s? Is there more of a moral callousness to morality as a whole uh, that encourages that abortion? And um, do you think it's be Okay, we're talking about 36 years, so we're talking about a generation of uh, example, an example, a generation of, of exampling this lifestyle, um, which produces a callousness. Um, so the parents have uh, have had to. Um, approve of this lifestyle to keep any type of uh, sanity, not any type, but to keep a sanity, uh, approval of their behavior. Uh, do you think that has something to do with why there's, some, there's more today? I do, and, and now we're dealing with generational legal abortion, where it's grandmothers, mothers, and daughters, and a family that have had abortion. And back in 73, the nerve and the pulse of this nation was more sensitive, even though we were coming out of the Viet Vietnamese War, we were coming out of the sexual revolution, you know, a lot of things. There was still more of a sensitivity at that time, where back in 73, the way that our culture was, if we would have realized that 50 million abortions were going to be, would have been done, there would have been an uproar then. Now there has come, become a coldness, a hardness of the heart, and even a shame because there are one in three women who have um, had an abortion and, and many of them, they're not talking about uh, the, the, their past abortion, the pain in their life, um, there's shame again that's involved with it. So there is a callousness that has uh, occurred. There's a desensitization that really has occurred to sin. You know, I, I want to ask you this. I know I'm getting ahead of your testimony, but I want to ask you this. Uh, uh, how many women that are Christians, uh, they know they're Christians. They've surrendered to Christ. And they get they get an abortion. Um, you know, I, I I my assumption is that there's less, but there still is. Um, uh, do you find a different <coughs> effect on that person than you would on somebody that um, uh, that was not surrendered to Christ? Uh, do you find a different effect? 
Well, you know, scripture is clear about when we sin, the effect of it on us as believers. You know, for him who does, it does not do what is right and knows that it's wrong. I'm doing my little translation yeah. to him and his sin. And there is more impact on us, I believe. The Holy Spirit lives in us, is alive in us. And when we go into these places as believers where we are made in the image of God and we're willfully consenting to having his image, his creation that dwells inside of us as women killed, I believe personally there's greater impact on us. We may have a part of the truth inside of us of the forgiveness of God. I've heard some Christian women that say, oh, but I know that he will forgive me. You know, yes, that is a part of God's nature, but he also warns us uh, for our own protection because he loves us, that he does not want us to sin and go against his will by killing the gift that he's given us in the creation of, of a child. And I'll just you know say this, John, that that was made very clear to me, it's been made very clear to me in my years in ministry, the effect on Christian women that have abortions, that their their mindset and their understanding of the Word of God is a little bit twisted, mm. or, or they may be fear, running in fear and shame to the abortion facility, that one of my friends, uh, his daughter, her name is Laura Hope Smith, young woman, Laura Hope Smith, and my friend Eileen Smith, both Laura Hope and Eileen Christians, and uh, Eileen, her mom, felt that Laura was a strong Christian. Laura had gone ahead, she had become pregnant to her boyfriend. A friend had suggested that she have an abortion. This was up in Massachusetts. Laura had the abortion. She was in her early 20s, and she never came out of the abortion facility alive. She, not only was her child killed that day, but uh, Laura Hope was killed that day also. Her mother received a telephone call um, and had a six-hour drive uh, to go identify Laura's body. And it was with um, Laura's friend was the one that made the telephone call to Mrs. Smith telling her that her daughter had died and uh, had died from abortion. So. The answer to your question is, as Christians go, as believers, those that call themselves believers that go into these places um, and have abortions, there are severe consequences. And again, God warns us because he wants us, He wants to protect us. He sets those boundaries and he gives us his word because he loves us so much. And if we fall into sin and, and we fall and subsequently uh, in that, um, we become pregnant. He doesn't want us to uh, to run like Adam and Eve with a fig leaf and have an abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. He wants to walk with us through that time. And our God is so awesome that even in the midst of that sin of let's say, pregnancy outside of marriage, mm-hmm. he still blesses us with a baby. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he, he says uh, children are a gift. So he still, he still blesses us. He wants us to walk through that time 
and not trying to fix it ourselves. And it'll live with the lifelong pain of abortion. So I do believe that there, I, I know because I've counseled women that, and young women that are trying to hide and are afraid and feel that they will receive shame from people in the church and they have gone to have abortions. Um, and on the other side of that, you and I have talked. I've also counseled women who are in the church that had abortions before they were believers and then buried the pain down. Well, it seems to be the end of the testimony for today, and uh, next week we'll pick it up right there where uh, we had just left off. So um, God bless you. I hope you've enjoyed this, um, and uh, again, remember next Sunday at 9 a.m. we'll uh, finish uh, Cindy Collins' testimony, and um, we'll, we'll finish it tomorrow. And at 8 a.m. next Sunday, we'll have our study of Psalm 51 and using it as a reconciliation process with God and experience freedom. And as we just heard from uh, Cindy, uh, the horrendous uh, problems that unconfessed sin brings to a person and not coming to God for the confession of that sin and experiencing the cleansing of that sin, deliverance from that sin, from that guilt, um, it will just bring you down into a further depression and destructive lifestyle, what we call addiction today. So I believe there's a lot of people out there that are stuffing uh, unconfessed sin and not coming to Jesus Christ, coming to the cross of Christ for the forgiveness, the cleansing, and the uh, new life, the resurrection life that Christ has promised us once we come to him. And he imparts to us a new life, a resurrection life. What would, has one to do to do to receive this life but to believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God that came in the flesh and fulfilled the scriptures for our redemption, for our salvation. He died on the cross as our sacrifice for our sin and our guilt and our shame. And then to prove that, he resurrected from the dead three days later. And if you believe that, God will impart to you the same life and the same victory of life here, now, and for eternity. He will give you everlasting life and an abundant life, as he promised in John 10.10. That's what you must do to be saved. And after you have done that in your heart, then I would suggest and recommend that uh, and I know that God will lead you to another believer. And with that other believer, you tell that other believer what you've done in your heart. You tell them and say, listen, I need to know, learn more about my new life. And that's why Christ left the church. The church is a group of believers that are called out by Christ 
and to fellowship one with another and to encourage one another to love and good works and to encourage one another to enjoy the new life, the forgiven life, the resurrection life in Christ and to experience the strength not to continue in that destructive lifestyle in a sinful lifestyle. And that's why we're here, Whitestone Relationship Recovery Radio, is to uh, help anyone and everyone to experience that abundant life through a relationship with Christ and experience it further in a uh, abundant life or an experience in life with other people uh, that we are in contact with. So be with us next Sunday. And uh, if you're able to today, uh, go out and uh, celebrate life. Celebrate life uh, that we are created in an image of God. And that image uh, begins at conception. And uh, all life is valuable, no matter how weak, how strong, how favored, how not favored, how beautiful, how unbeautiful um, it is. It's in created in the image of God, and God thought enough of every one of us to send his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sin so that we could be renewed reconciled uh, to him in a relationship that will last forever. So God bless you. If you have any uh, questions or comments, please contact us. Uh, go to our website at whitestoneministries.net. Um, and leave a, you can email us through there. There's a phone number there that you can call us, uh, uh, 985-789-5988. And I hope to hear from you. And God bless you. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. Thank you for listening. This is Whitestone Relationship Recovery Radio. Recovering the Christian recovery community from the influence and worship of other gods that are contrary to, our, to a total worship and confession of our lovely Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Visit our website at whitestoneministries.net. You can view our website for videos, audios, and literature that are free for you to watch, read, or listen, and download. Thanks to all that listen and support Whitestone with their prayers and financial support. You can support us by going to whitestoneministries.net or write to us at Whitestone Fellowship, Post Office Box 292, Pearl River, Louisiana, 70452. If you are interested in receiving Dr. John's Christ-centered recovery program that he has been living himself for over 20 years, go to our website and donate $20 or more or send or check your money order to Whitestone Fellowship at Post Office Box 292, Pearl River, Louisiana, 70452. The program consists of three and a half hours of teaching DVDs and an accompanying workbook. You can also join our aftercare program by emailing Whitestone from our website, and the administrator will contact you about further requirements. Tune in for our daily devotions from my utmost for his highest at 1.30 p.m. 
Saturday at 9.30 a.m., Whitestone Seminary will be broadcasting as the students discuss assigned passages of Scripture. You can listen in or enroll. If you are interested in enrolling Whitestone Seminary, please go to our website and email us and give us a brief explanation of your desire to study with us, and Whitestone's administrator will contact you with your admission. Sunday morning, 8 8 a.m., we will be uh, studying Psalm 51 and how to overcome uh, strongholds in our our life so that Christ can give us the victory through different things that bring us out of destructive behavior. 9 a.m., Christian celebrity testimony. Somebody uh, that's a Christian is going to give their testimony. All Christians are celebrities. Tuesdays at 7 p.m., we'll meet for our weekly church fellowship at Emmanuel Baptist Church where uh, our fellowship is a recovery fellowship focusing around Christ in his delivery for us. Come visit with us. It's at 12 Shorty Burgess Road in Nicholson, Mississippi. If you need directions, go to our website where you can click on a a link that will give you a big old map of uh, where we're located. Love to see you. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.